This is the Clon Mel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hiya, it's Mark here, and welcome to episode 39 of the Clonmel Podcast for this Friday, the 28th of May. Brought to you by our friends at Nador Wellness Centre at the Butter Market in Market Street. Evening appointments now available. Book yours today by calling this number 052 61049680 or email info at nadorwellness.ie that's n-a-d-u-r wellness.ie also find them on Facebook and Instagram Nador Wellness Centre a natural way to maintain your health so how's your week? well what about that rain eh? I think we should be finished with it as the predictions say that's right I've looked in my teacup at the tea leaves and they are saying Nice weather for the weekend and into next week too. Happy days! Woo! We love that. Great to see the Tipperary Museum of Hidden History open this week with their War of Independence exhibition. Some parts of the town were without water for a time this week. I know, and all that rain we had too. Congratulations to Brafani's in town who purchased the restaurant and guest house after leasing it for 15 years. Best of luck. That's some great news. The Sleevenamon Golf Club set up their own YouTube channel this week, so now you can see what's actually happening on the fairway. Great if you're living away from Clonmel too. And finally, happy birthday to Clonmel Plumbing Supplies, who celebrated 40 years in business this week. Congratulations. So, what's coming up on this week's Clonmel podcast? Well, Banaclumella celebrate 50 years. I meet up with Danny Carroll from the band for a bit of a chat. Rebecca Davis tells us about her new business, davisdigital.ie. The Clonmel Rowing Club summer camp for kids, music at the main guard, more jobs for you, and lots more great stuff coming up on this week's Clonmel podcast. The Clonmel Podcast. But first, I caught up with Rebecca Davis from davisdigital.ie to talk about her brand new business. This is something that might interest you. Have a listen. Now, we always like to promote new businesses here on the Clawmill Podcast, and here's one to look out for, davisdigital.ie. I'm joined by Rebecca Davis from the company. So, Rebecca, am I right in saying it's marketing and web design? Yeah, so it's marketing, web development. Then I can do like copywriting, bit of graphic design. It's everything. And how long have you been operating now? I have only been in operation about three weeks. Three weeks? Yeah. How's it been going? Oh, so good. I actually, I just love it. Like, it's so much fun for me. So even if it doesn't go well, it's just, I still love it. So where did the business come from with you, Rebecca? Um, well, I kind of had the idea about three years ago. And I made all the social media accounts, but I just left them gather dust. You know, I didn't actually post or anything. So I said, one day I'll come back to it and I'll do it once I kind of know more and I'm more experienced and everything. And then during COVID, I was just thinking there's so many businesses that could be in a much better position if they had an online presence because they'd be prepared for things like this and they could operate from anywhere. So I kind of thought now's the time to really get online and just be part of this sort of like expanding your business and you know, go nationwide or worldwide or however you want to operate. So I just thought it would be a good idea. Like get local businesses online. And let's face it, with the coronavirus, with the pandemic, that's what this is what businesses were actually doing. They were going online. So to have someone yeah, like you around. Yeah, to have someone like you around, you know, putting your services out there. It was good. Yeah. 
if there's another virus, I'll be here. <laughs> hopefully not. As in, hopefully you'll be here, but <laughs> not, another, not. <laughs> not another virus at the same not time. Not another virus. Let's talk about website development because being in this business, you would know when you go onto a website, you navigate the website, it's so complicated. I gather that's a bad idea. I gather you must make it as easy as possible to navigate. Would that be right? Yeah. So I like to make it so that, you know, it's responsive to mobile because most people are obviously using internet via mobile. And also then from the from the manager's point of view, like I don't want them to find it hard to update the website when I'm finished, you know, so I like it to be easy on their side as well. Because that can be something, can't it? Is you know, you say to yeah, your staff, exactly. listen, will you update the website? And they're going to go through here, go there. I think, oh my God, this, this is a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also for the customer, the clients as well, they want something that's quite easy to navigate, don't they? Yeah, just especially there's certain sites like my own website, even I feel like when you go onto a website like that, you know what you want already, like you're not there to browse shoes or anything like that. So just having it easy, everything's right in front of you. And tell us too about social media management. How important is this? Oh, my God, it's so important. I find a lot of people just neglect it because they don't understand or they don't see the value. But when you really push your social media, like I see a lot of coffee shops lately, they'll reshare and they'll get you to tag your coffee and all this. And it's so successful, like it's so worth investing your time in it. And for people who wouldn't be familiar with social media management, what does it entail? Social media management is basically research. And I always start with your competitors. So I'll research all your competitors. Then I'll kind of look up events and stuff, say like, next month is pride month so you kind of tailor all your posts to that and you use the right hashtags and engage with people and just draw people to your to your website to wherever you need them to go but through your social media please tell me how important is hashtagging oh my god hashtagging <laughs> hashtagging is so important it's kind of it's the way to get discovered i would say location-based hashtagging as well do you know like when if you're working in limerick we'll say you use love limerick you know, for the, that hashtag, so you're kind of getting the audience you want to. Okay, so it's an extremely integral part of any social media. You must make sure you hashtag. Yeah, make sure you hashtag. And what about uh, ad publication as well? You do this, don't you? I do. So that would be kind of Google ads and things like that, which are actually quite complicated for a lot of people. Because they sound it. There's a lot of questions and your budget and knowing how much to spend and what it is and you're it's basically your ranking on google and having the right ad to draw people with your keywords and things like that i mean this is very important i gather to increase website traffic would that be right yeah exactly because you don't want to be on the third page of google no you don't you want to be on the first page of google where everyone can see it right yeah and also if people want to brush up on their social media skills you do social media training too I do. Yeah, because I think a lot of people can't afford to have somebody in-house or hiring people on a regular basis to do their content. So it's worth kind of learning to do it yourself if that's what suits your budget. Is there certain social media platforms that are better for businesses than maybe others? I think Instagram at the moment and TikTok as well is great for businesses. Would that depend now on your demographic for your business? Oh, definitely. As well, I suppose Instagram as well, you have Reels now. So that's Mm. kind of makes tiktok in as well so yeah any kind of video content is great as well rebecca davis if people want to get in contact with you through davisdigital.ie how can they do that or have i just said it they can <laughs> they can email me at info at davisdigital.ie or i'm on every social media platform at davis digital rebecca thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week thank you thank you rebecca 
Now, last week on the Clonmel podcast, I spoke to Cyril Hellwine from the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. It's happening this coming Sunday in Clonmel to raise funds for men's mental health and cancer programs. If you'd like to find out more about the ride, just have a listen to last week's Clonmel podcast. We also mentioned this on the Clonmel podcast last week, the scam, the 083 scam number from the alleged Department of Social Protection saying there's a warrant out for your arrest. Yeah. Hmm. Look, they must be working the Clomel area this week. A lot of people receiving these calls. Just tell them you're in prison right now. You've got me. Thanks a lot. I'll pick up a whistle and blow it down the phone line to them. They are a pain in the backside, and at the moment they seem to be bothering a lot of people here in town. Just spread the word, tell your family and tell your friends about this scam. Idiots. There's also a scam call regarding your PPS number saying it's been compromised and you owe so much money to Amazon. Or I'm getting married and I need 2,000 euros. Again, a lot of these doing the rounds. It's really getting out of hand, isn't it? Now, also beware of certain messages with a link to click on from the banks. It could be Bank of Ireland, AIB, or even your credit union. Your bank or banking institutions will not send you out a message with a link to click on. This is another scam. If you're unsure, just ring your bank. And please, whatever you do, do not click on the link. Great to see our charity shops back open in town. And as you know, they're always looking for your donations. If you're having a route around in the attic or in a wardrobe you haven't got in for a long time, (laughs) just get a bag of stuff together and drop it into your local charity shop here in Clonmel. The Clonmel Rowing Club have a Learn to Row summer camp this year. It's on from the 17th to the 19th of August and is for 12 to 16-year-olds. It's fully COVID compliant. For more details, call this number 87 The proposed Bulmers Visitor Centre in Dowds Lane has been delayed slightly as a new contractor is sought. It's now been two years since the proposal was announced costing more than €2 million. When we get more information on this, we shall announce it on the Clonmel podcast. The Clonmel Garden Centre in Glenconnor is back open at weekends from tomorrow Saturday. The hours are Monday to Saturday, 9am to 5pm and Sunday, 11am to 5pm. I was walking up around there over the weekend and quite a lot of cars I noticed were all turning in to the garden centre, but they weren't open. So the good news is from tomorrow, they are back open as normal and at weekends. Worldwide Cycles in Anglesey Street will be closed next Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. They apologise for any inconvenience caused. If you're looking for a new podcast to listen to, as well as this one, of course, the Junction Arts Festival, who are celebrating 20 years this year, have launched a podcast. It's on every Thursday, running right up to the festival, which takes place on the 3rd to the 11th of July. Your podcast host is the wonderful Mr. Fergal O'Keefe from the popular Travel Tales with Fergal podcast. So uh, good luck there to everyone involved in the Junction Arts Festival podcast. Now, fancy a bit of music in town? Well, tomorrow, and this will be great for the town, best of luck to Matt Roach and Dean Morrissey. They'll be playing a bit of music at the Main Guard tomorrow Saturday between 12.30 and 3.30pm. All are welcome, and let's face it, it'll be great to hear some music in town again, some live music. The party shop in Cashel Street beside Car Care have all your communion, confirmation and christening balloons available for pre-order. Order today by popping into the shop or check out their Facebook page, Party Shop Clonmel. 
That's a great little shop, actually. Well worth a visit. They do other stuff in there, too, for birthdays, etc. Now it's time for Hillview's Flamingo Bingo update. Breed from the club was on to me to let us know that this Monday snowball jackpot is now a whopping 900 euros. Eyes down at 8pm. And don't forget their Clonmel Lotto with a jackpot cash prize of 2,000 euros. All the details on the Hillview Sports Club Facebook page. You can't beat a bit of bingo, can you? Lots going on this week at the Showground Shopping Centre, including Iceland. They have a flash sale all this weekend. And remember, the Edinburgh Woollen Mills is back open too with a great selection of clothes for men and women. That's at the Showground Shopping Centre. The Clonmel Community Soup Kitchen, located at the railway station in town, are doing fantastic work for the community and they rely on your food donations. If you can help them out, here are their opening hours. They're open Tuesday evening from 5pm to 7pm, Thursday 11am to 12pm where they make up grocery bags and on Friday 9.30am to 12.30pm where they also hand out food donations to people who may need it and this is a confidential service too. And well done to Ina and all the team who put in so much hard work there. Marion's Bookshop in O'Connell Street are now accepting book lists. You can also avail of their pay-away service by paying off a little something every week to spread the costs. For more, email marionsbooklist2021 at gmail.com. That's marionsbooklist2021 at gmail.com or WhatsApp 089-611-4504. Right, let's have a look at our jobs this week if you are looking for employment. Western House Medical Centre have a vacancy for a qualified nurse. Candidate is either practice trained or has an interest in primary care. Training will be given if required. This is a full-time position with immediate start. Please email your CV and covering letter to whmedicalcentre at gmail.com. That's whmedicalcentre at gmail.com. Closing date for applications is Friday the 18th of June 2021. Boots in town are hiring. They're looking for part-time staff, 16 to 24 hours per week, and a store manager. Go to boots.jobs jobs for more details. Vodafone are looking to hire a store manager in town. More at jobs.ie on that one. The Clonmel Park Hotel is looking for a night porter. More information on jobalert.ie. Easy Living Furniture are looking to hire a sales assistant. Get more details on ie.indeed.com. Mulcahy's in town are looking to recruit a number of staff, including food server, deputy manager, senior food and drink attendant. More details on ie.indeed.com. The Gourmet Butcher at the Showground Shopping Centre are looking to hire a butcher. Apply now on their Facebook page, The Gourmet Butcher. Hyphen Clonmel. Venter Home in Clonmel are looking to hire ventilation installers. Jobalert.ie has all the details there for you. The Clonmel Oil Service Station on the Waterford Road are looking for a part time deli sales assistant. Weekend shifts include Friday evening to Sunday evening. If interested, drop your application and CV into the store. And finally, Abbott are looking for assemblers. Different shifts are available. It's a 12-month contract. For more information, go to www.jobs.abbott.com. 
Okay, time for this week's interview. Banaclumella celebrate 50 years this year, and I popped along to the band hall at Mickdale Square with my three metre boom mic to have a chat with Mr. Danny Carroll. The Clonmel Podcast. On the Clonmel Podcast this week, it's a pleasure to speak to Mr. Danny Carroll from Banaclumella. Danny, welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. Thank you, Mark. So, 50 years this year, I believe. 50 years, 50 years. It went like a flash. The band has started in September 1971. And um, with a small committee, uh, myself, Sean O'Donnell, Tommy Norris, most of them are gone. Tommy is still with us. But, um, and it grew from there. We all worked hard at it. We're fortunate enough down to the years to have wonderful committee members like that drove it on, kept driving it on. And uh, the youngsters that come in, most of them stay until they go to college. Take me back to that day. How did it all come about? How did it all start? Well, there was a gentleman called Sean O'Donnell. Sean is not with us anymore. And he had this, this vision of starting a band in Clonmel. There had been some previous attempts to start a band and they all kind of fell by the wayside from through one thing or the other, you know. Uh, there was even a band done at Ferry House, you know, a brass band, oh. at the sea, but it wasn't there at that stage. So we, just, we, got, to, we got to work, and there was a very good Christian brother involved on the committee, Brother Redmond. He was in um, Irishtown. And he went around to the schools and said, would there be anybody, you know, three or four from each school to come around and were interested in forming a band and all the rest of it. And through that, we got about 40 kids. And I started teaching them, and we brought in somebody from Cork to start teaching them. Our first band hall was in the gym of the Garda station. Um, we had a, Our chairman at the time was Superintendent Larry McKeown, great is that, guy. Is, is that an image street? Uh, yes, 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 right in the garden station under the arch there. And uh, all the windows were broken, so in the wintertime, I can tell you, it, it wasn't <laughs> very pleasant or conducive to learning music. But anyway, we stuck with it, and eventually we got our first band hall across the road from there, which is the Penny Bank, and which is uh, it was Tom Pollard's auctioneering office. It's um, Dugan and Fitzgerald at the moment. So there we were for a long time, and then they started Urban Renewal, and the council said, we're going to knock this down, but we'll give you money. We'll compuls- it was compulsory bought, actually. Mm. And they recited us, they gave us a site where we are speaking now, in the Banatlan Mallah Hall, right beside the library. There was no library at the time. There was no swimming pool at the time. So we were kind of the first over here when the Barstel was bulldozed, basically. And That's right, yeah. It was a big open space at the time. So here we are. We built this um, nice facility here, and we're still going. Opened by the great McDell? Opened by the great McDell. I remember we, have, we had a discussion um, uh, when the hall was ready to, to, to be opened, and we had a committee discussion, and there was all sorts of things. Who will we get to open the hall? And... I let them all at it, and they were saying, oh, we'll get to this politician or the bishop or... I said, hold on now, lads. There's only one man will open this hall. And we threw out McDell, and he was so thrilled. Where was he at the time? Was he in Clonmel? 
he was in Clonmel, mm. yes, he was, of course. He was in at home in O'Reilly Avenue. But he was so thrilled, he couldn't believe that he was being asked to do this. Very humble man, Mick was, you know, a very generous man. But it was one of the highlights, he told me later, he said, it's one of the highlights of my life, he said, to be asked to do this. So, Mick, we had a wonderful day here. We had several bands, army band from Cork, and several bands came along, and everybody played, and it was a real carnival day. And lovely, lovely, lovely day now. Mick was thrilled. It's a lovely band hall, looking at the yes. great man himself. Yeah, At the end exactly. of the hall there on the wall. Yeah. And uh, he actually conducted our band outside. So I said, Mick, you're going to have to conduct the band. And I, <laughs> I, he said, I, I handed him the baton. I remember handing him the baton. And he said, will they start for me? He said, when I drop the baton. I said, Mick, they're like trained dogs. I said, they'll start for you, don't worry. So I said, he was thrilled. Lovely day. So you started off 50 years ago yes. with roughly 40 members? About 40, 45 um, from the different schools, boys and girls. And what do you have today? How many members? We have in the, our books, I think, about 130, you know. My goodness. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there's thousands have actually gone through it, you know. And I even meet kids now, especially girls. I don't recognize the girls at all. They all become young ladies and this kind of thing. You nearly always recognize the boys. Every year we play, it didn't happen this year, unfortunately, or during to the, the pandemic, we play at the 12.30 Mass on Christmas Day. I remember it. I've been there many a times. Have you, really? I have, yes, yeah, in yeah. St. Peter and Paul's. St. Paul's, yes, yes, indeed. But one of the lovely things about that is, I don't conduct the band anymore, as Peter Taylor conducts it. But one of the lovely things about that is that a lot of these ex-members are home for Christmas. And they will turn up there in Peter and Paul's church and they come up after and say, hello. Sometimes I have a difficulty in recognizing them, you know, but they remind me. And also back then, I mean, when you started out, did you have enough instruments? Did no. you have to borrow, beg? They had an old brass band down in Ferry House and the Rossmanians were really good to us. Mm. We used to, they loaned us the instrument, but we had, our rehearsal was on a Saturday and we'd have to get one or two cars, drive down to Ferry House, load up the instruments, bring them up, do the lessons and then bring them back in the evening. Eventually they got tired of that and they donated the instruments to us. <laughs> It's like, oh, you can have them. They couldn't there you be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> and then we decided to buy our own set of instruments. So we sent our chairman, uh, Superintendent McKeown, down to the bank for, a, I think we got 4200 or something like that to buy the set. So his instructions were, before he went down to the bank manager, turn up in your uniform, whatever happens. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't say no. <laughs> so even a bank manager would be intimidated by that. So we got our, we bought our set of instruments and we plowed away. The interesting thing was, at that time, it was a brass band, totally brass, like on the English model, mm, you know. Mm. And after a couple of years, after two or three years, three or four years maybe, I was very anxious to convert it into a concert band, which we added woodwind, flutes, saxophones, Beautiful, yeah. clarinets, and that. That was a little bit of um, kind of an upset, really, you know, 
But we stayed at it and we brought in some other people, um, instructors and that. So we converted from a brass band into a concert band. And that's what we're doing since. And can you remember some of the first performances from Banakum Lela? I'll always remember the first performance. Mm. The first performance was um, uh, very memorable because we brought them down. I think we had about three tunes or maybe four. We brought them down to just the underside of Hearn's Hotel. There was a little enclave there. I think there was a, there was a, a garage there, King and Keating at the time. What year were you roughly talking, Dan? Uh, uh, probably 72, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. yeah, probably the end of 72. And we were playing away, and at that time, it was a two-way. It's one way now. Mm. And we were midway through our second number, and a funeral came down, so... Oh, my God. Said, oh God, what will I do now? So we stopped the music and respectfully stood back, <laughs> let the funeral pass, and went on. Life goes on. <laughs> I was kind of thinking you might burst into some sort of funeral march or something like that. No, we weren't that brave. <laughs> we weren't that brave. No. Yeah. So, yeah, 50 years on, some of the famous faces that may have passed through here over the years? Well, we have several now. Some of them... Um, we have, um, I'm reluctant to, to name uh, <laughs> personalities, but uh, yes, we have several. Several ended up doing, a lot of them ended up doing music, mm. which was good. As I said to you, they're probably penniless now, but <laughs> they went on, they did music. We had the distinction of the first female to join the Garda band was from our band, Marie and um, several in the army band. The conductor of one of the army bands came through here, and a few like that, you know, composers. Is there a good age to join Banakun Mela? Yes, well, you see, in, in those days, in the 70s, mm. um, there was nobody learning music as such. You had the people that could afford it, they sent the child to learn piano or violin or something like that. And that really was it. And then when we came on the scene, it was totally free um, and totally voluntary, and they, were, they wouldn't charge anything. And the way I always looked at it was, you can get a very talented kid, a very musical kid, but they don't, they haven't got the means to pay for music lessons or that yeah. kind of thing, you know. So they came in here and they learned music. That was really the whole object of the thing at the time. Now, these days, they nearly all go to teachers, private teachers, or that. We still have the, most of them coming in now, funnily enough. There's a few offshoots from the band, like St. Peter and Paul's School. Mm. Um, they have a band over there, and the principal over there is Yvonne. She's an ex-member of here, so she started. They have a band up in the Sisters of Charity, against an offshoot of this. So we, there's a certain amount of feeder groups then come in from there, which is a great help these days. And going right up to date, obviously the pandemic came. Yeah. So everything cancelled. Falling off a cliff, basically, yeah. like, like everything else, really, you know. So I gather no more practising. No. No more rehearsing, everything no. out. No. Hopefully not start up very soon again. I was about to say that, hopefully. Yeah, 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 it will. And are you always looking for members? <clears throat> Uh, we never had a problem looking mm. for members. We just put, we usually advertise and usually far more than we can take, you know. 
and you hate turning down gigs. Yeah. But you see, you can only... You're not doing anybody a service if you overdo it, you know. But in the meantime, then, we've travelled. Yes, remember, where, where were some of the places now that the well, band would have gone I remember, to? I, I very well remember in 1974, we had our first trip abroad to Holland, a place called Pummerend in Holland, which is north of Amsterdam. And they were running a festival there. And we applied and we got in. And again, we were very raw, absolutely... See, in those days, there was no internet. There was nothing. Mm. There was really nothing to judge yourself by. And Ireland at the time, really, I think we all had a kind of bit of an inferiority complex, you know. Everything was better in Britain or in America or continent or whatever like that. And we went to Holland, and the the, the schedule there is you did a, a show outdoor or you... They had several things mapped out for you. And you did one big show in a place called a sport hall, which housed about maybe six or 7,000, you know, absolutely packed. And I, I can still remember the first evening walking into that and listening to the local band, the local band. These weren't even the hot shots from Canada or mm. US or anything like that. And it just blew me away. And I was, we were supposed to be on Wednesday night, and I was in. There's no way I'm going to stand in front of her <laughs> on Wednesday night after hearing that, yeah. you know. But they were so kind and so good, and we learned so much from it that um, it really turned us around. Then we went to, we were in America twice, you know. Do St. Patrick's Day over there? Uh, we were in Patrick's Day in Peoria. Mm. Um, the twinning committee in Clonmel arranged the whole lot and we were really well treated so they've got around a bit so let's here's to the next 50 years for Banaclumella here's to the next 50 years is right now tell us about yourself oh I believe you are involved in the hairdressing business Danny and my wife tells me a very talented hairdresser (laughs) well I can't possibly comment on that (laughs) (laughs) he's uh, blushing here I can't believe Danny Carroll (laughs) blushing (laughs) <laughs> yes. I How was, did it start uh, for you, Danny, in the hairdressing? I was, uh, well, my family, uh, I was born and reared in Carrick and Shure. Mm-hmm. My family were all barbers, hairdressers and musicians. Really? Yes, going back. Yeah. My grandfather and my father conducted the Carrick and Shure brass band. So that was the, 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 the family background. And, of course, in those days you were told, you're starting on Monday morning, boy. <laughs> you know... <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't, what would you like to do? Yeah, yeah. You know. so I was quite happy to do that. And then... Uh, and where did you start? Uh, I, I started in, in, with my father. Mm. Then I took an apprenticeship in Waterford. And then I went to London and worked there for a while. Where in London were you? Um, well, I worked mostly in Shaftesbury Avenue there. Nice part of London? Nice, lovely part mm. of London. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But I was saying... Whatever part you're in, the hair is the same, you know. And that was the, that was the, that was the bread and butter yeah. end of things. So by a funny turn of fate, there was a lady walked in one day and said, do you want to come to Ireland? And I said, no, thank you very much. I'm quite happy here. And uh, she said, well, I have a place in Clonmel. Where are you from? I said, Carrigan, sure. So making a long story short... Um, it was just total chance, total chance, that I ended up in Clonmel. 
So you, I gather, leased the salon, did you? Leased it, yes. Where was this in Cornwall? Number one, Gladstone Street. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, on the corner of Gladstone Street and O'Connell Street. Uh, it was knocked down and rebuilt since. There was, it was so bad, the floor was sloping. And uh, <laughs> I remember the trolleys used to roll down. <laughs> <laughs> but it's grand. It's a good, good start. And that was the, the bread and butter end of things for me. For a, So what year would that have been, Dan? That was 1961. 61, so yeah. what was Clonmel like in 1961? Clonmel was a very, a very bustling town in 1961. I think the, the fairs on the street had just probably ended mm. at that stage, just ended, but every shop was occupied. There was no buying online in those days. Certainly not. You had to go into a shop. Yeah. That's the difference these days, isn't it? Can you remember the premises beside you or a few doors up from you? Who was there? Um, yes, I can remember just up there was um, a, a drapery called Dan Moriarty. Just up from that then there was um, Powers Furniture. Um, in Gladstone Street there was um, Simpsons, big grocery place. And uh, Mulcahy's across the road, of course. Lots of big, big places at the time. Can you remember your first opening day? I do indeed. Were you nervous? I, I was very nervous. Mm. I thought, thought nobody would come in. But that's and right. They did. That, that's yeah, isn't it? That's, that's quite natural to have that. Yes. You'd be thinking, and, oh, I hope someone comes in and just, you know, yeah, exactly. even just one or two will do. <laughs> and how was it? Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was good. We kept the clients that I had for all years and years, like you know. Very nice people, yeah. Then I moved from there to O'Connell Street, number 10 O'Connell Street. I remember right beside me was Tyler's. <clears throat> then they're gone now as well. Mm. Um, then I moved down to Parnell Street. And I, that, was, that was the end of my hairdressing days. When did you finish hairdressing? Um, Good question. I kind of eased myself out of it mm. over a couple of years, you know. Um, probably, uh, about 20 years ago. About 20 years ago. Yeah. So you started back in the 60s? Yes, 61. How had hairdressing changed? If you think back then, what styles were people yeah. looking for? Yes, it did. You know? It, it, it did. It did change quite a bit. You would have seen the progression of hairstyles yes, going along. I did. Guys getting perms. Who yes. would have thought? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Can you remember doing your first perm? Well, yes, I can. Yeah. It's a torturous job. <laughs> <laughs> when you look back on it, you know. But it was, um, yes, they changed a lot. And I used to go, in those days, I would go away and do courses and hmm. this kind of stuff. So the way you'd keep up, you know, with things. And yes, there were big changes, huge changes in it. I remember the, the first time you had little cubicles and people began to get their hair dyed and they didn't want anybody else to see it. Really? Oh, yeah. No way. Yeah. A little bit like the snugs in the pubs. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, and uh, things were kept pulled across the curtain like that. And then it opened up, of course, you know, people. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Was that more so men than women? No, well, it was all women at the time. Who were very conscious there, of getting... There was, there was no hmm. unisex salons at the time. Right. It was either men or a barbershop or a hairdressing salon for the women. 
So yours was a hairdressing hair salon? Yes. And did you come unisex down the road? No. No, always no. women? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. More money in women. <laughs> <laughs> the guy coming in for a five euro short back and sides. Exactly, side. yeah. You won't no, make much out of that, Danny. They're no, they're no good to you. <laughs> the only thing is you can have a better conversation with the men. You can talk. I mean, that's the other thing as well, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you, you know, when people come in to get their hair done. Yeah. You know, you're also like a, um, what would you say, a psychologist you're at the same time, con- aren't you? You, you really are, yeah. you know, and everything yeah. is so confidential. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. they come in for a, a chat to unload as well as have their hair done. And they're very relaxed mm. while they're in the chair, you know. And uh, yes, we learned a few little secrets that I can't pass on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put them in the book. <laughs> And did you socialise in Clonmel at all back in those days? Oh, I did. Well, you see, uh, in, in those days, I mm. became the, the the White Memorial Theatre opened. Wow. And uh, I was asked to conduct the first show there. Mm. And it, it, it was great because that was in, what, 76, I think. And um, I remember the first time we put it, they, it, it was really great now. It was Mary Commons. Mary directed the show, first show directed. I conducted, first show conducting. I remember Jeremy Maloney, first choreography. And it, everything was new and lovely. And we put on HMS Pinafore there. And then I conducted that for well over 20 years, you know, two or three shows a, a year. In the meantime, I was conducting shows in Carrick and Shure and Thurlis and Tipperary and Nina Kilkenny. Got around a bit. You were, so you're a, you're a busy lad. Busy lad, yeah. And were you still doing the hairdressing at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, you certainly were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, up the walls in in those days as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it was a, it, it was the social end of things, really. You know. And how do you feel that Clonmel has changed now towards back in 1960s when you came over? Oh well, it's much. Um, I, I think in those days. You knew, you nearly knew everybody in Clonmel, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not the case now. Um, it's still a thriving town, Clonmel is, you know, and the one great thing about Clonmel is the hinterland is so, there's a lot of rich farmers around, so that, that, that's always good for a town, mm. you know, and um, no, it's still, a, it's still a very good town, but different, Yeah, you know. And probably if they had, if the planning was a little different and they kept things in the town more than moving them out, it might be different, you know. But I mean, there's lovely, it's a gorgeous town. It is a gorgeous town. It is a gorgeous Mm. town. Um, The river, the parks and all the rest of it, it's, 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 it's really lovely. And they are, I think the planners these days, they're much more imaginative. And, um, but things are changing. There's no doubt about it. Things are changing and things change all the time. And they're not, no matter what people say, they're not temporary. They're permanent changes. That's Do you have a favourite part of Clonmel? I, I, I go to, well, I live down in Silver Springs, so I go down to Mulcahy Park quite a bit. Slowly. And stroll around and down by the... Blue Way? Down by the Blue Way, which is, is absolutely a great facility. Now I can go all the way down to your hometown in Carrick. Oh, down Carrick, Curry. I can even float down if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Do you yeah. know what? It's been a pleasure. Ah, thank you, Mark. It's thank you. Great to talk to you. And great to show me around 
the lovely hall here. Well, I'm delighted now. The lovely and, uh, band. I hope we have a. I hope the second 50 years is um, as successful as our first. Ever think about coming out of retirement for the hairdressing? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> Danny Carroll, thank you so much for being on the Clonmel Podcast this week. Thank you, Mark. The Clonmel Podcast. Thank you, Danny Carroll. Lovely guy. So there we have it. Episode 39 of the Clonmel Podcast. Done and dusted. If you'd like to get in contact, I'd love to hear from you. Email theclonmelpodcast at gmail.com. You'll also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and on the website, www.theclonmelpodcast.com. This podcast was brought to you by Nador Wellness Centre at the Butter Market in Market Street. You can view their full range of treatments on www.nadorwellness.ie that's n-a-d-u-r wellness.ie gift vouchers are also available for more information or to book an appointment call 052 61 04968 Nador Wellness Centre a natural way to maintain your health thank you for listening until next week stay safe and look after one another bye bye You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.